it's Greg Gardner Podcast. I'm Greg Gardner. Welcome to 2024. How's everybody doing? It's January 2nd, 2024, and I wanted to do a podcast really to talk about 2023, what happened in 2023, what the themes were in 2023, and also talk about some predictions I have for 2024. I want to get them on the record because there's been a few times where I haven't put them on the record and some of them came true and I really wanted to be able to say, hey, you know, I predicted this. It came true. I've got some that I'm pretty sure about and then I've got some that I'm not so sure about. But I wanted to first go over 2023. And this is kind of a interesting subject because I try my best I can not to make generalizations about what people believe. But sometimes in order to talk about an idea, you have to be able to label the idea or the frame of reference and say, okay, here's what this group frame of reference is uh, in order to talk about it. And I'm not saying everybody thinks exactly the same way. I'm saying that there's a group of people that think very similarly based on where they get their news um, and what they do for a living and where they've been educated. And so I'm going to talk about that and how it's affected some of the news stories or how some of the news stories have affected it. So, um, So I think the theme of 2023 was really that the establishment, and I'm going to define establishment by saying a frame of reference that's been generated by legacy media, permanent DC, um, big corporations, big pharma, military industrial complex, um, big Hollywood. Uh, and so, um, and also, you know, wokeism in general has been a part of this frame of reference. So there's a frame of reference, you know, it's CNN, New York Times, LA Times. Um, Washington Post, that frame of reference is what I'm talking about. And there are people associated with that frame of reference, especially people that are coming from high-end liberal arts institutions. And we've seen a number of, of examples of this this year. Uh, so I think that they've really come out this year. The establishment has really come out this year and told us who they really are. And they've told us who they really are through a number of stories. And the first one I wanted to to cite was the Tucker Carlson firing. And here you have a guy that's driving tremendous revenue, tremendous ratings, probably the biggest cable news ratings and revenue of any cable news personality ever, gets fired. Uh, And so you have to ask yourself, well, it certainly wasn't, performance or metrics in terms of revenue, in terms of ratings, it had to be something else. And best we can tell, that something else was his willingness to talk about things that are off narrative. When I say off narrative, I mean beyond the narrative of what the establishment uh, wants you to hear. And so I think the pressure that that group of people, that that group of organizations, that group of corporations, that group of, of permanent Washington, the, the amount of pressure it can put on an organization is tremendous. And I think that's what Fox News fell to is the pressure of the establishment to get rid of Tucker. He was willing to go outside the narrative on many, many things. Uh, the ones that I remember are the Ukraine war, off narrative, 
Jeffrey Epstein off narrative. Um, and then there were many others that were off narrative as well. And so I think, um, I think that he was fired because he was talking about things that were off narrative. And so that was the first way that I think in 2023 we start to understand how the establishment is really showing us who they really are. The second is the fact that we have a, a Republican frontrunner, Donald Trump, who's in the race. Uh, he's way ahead in the polls, and we have unelected officials in many cases, trying to remove him from the ballot based on the 14th Amendment, some old um, uh, part of the amendment that says that uh, you know Confederate officers can't run for office because of insurrection. Well, here's the problem, is that Donald Trump's never been charged with insurrection. He's certainly never been uh, convicted of insurrection. So trying to remove him for insurrection would be saying, hey, because the news says he's an insurrectionist or because a congressional committee says he's an insurrectionist, then we can say that he's an insurrectionist and keep him off the ballot. This is probably the most undemocratic thing I've ever seen happen in the country. You have to give people a way to decide on who they want to be in, in power. You can't. You know, you have to beat people at the ballot box. And this is the group of people that are constantly talking about how um, we're in danger of ending democracy. To me, I've always thought that whenever the establishment, this group, this frame of reference says that the other side is doing something, they're usually doing it 10 times over, that same thing. So this is another example of how the establishment is showing us who they really are by trying to take Donald Trump off the ballot so that people can't even make a choice. The third thing is the situation in East Palestine uh, this year with the train derailment. One of the things that I noticed real quick after that happened, it was reported and then it just went away in, those, in the mainstream media. It just went away. Because I think the establishment is essentially switching its constituencies, and this has been going on for a while, moving away from uh, the industrial worker, the labor union worker in the industrial Midwest, and moving towards designer causes uh, in the East Coast uh, cities, East Coast urban areas. They've kind of left the people behind in that industrial base and moved on to people that have more exciting, more hip, more designer causes in the urban areas. Um, you could barely get anybody to go visit that place. Uh, it was just um, almost would not have happened had Donald Trump not showed up there. And so after Donald Trump sh showed up there, then, of course, Joe Biden showed up there. But it's just an example of how uh, the constituencies are moving away from that industrial working class base into into the more uh, urban and more designer causes in the urban areas. And then the last one, I think, is that we've had 6.2 million illegal immigrants move into the U.S. in the last year. 6.2 million. That's just the last year. It must be upwards of 10 million if you look at, uh, you know, ever since Joe Biden took office. But this is another 
way that the establishment is showing itself is that we're allowing people to come into the country uh, without going through the right protocols, the lawful legal protocols, and this is all by design. I mean, they, they'll continuously say that, yeah, we have a secure border, but everybody knows that it's not true. Uh, and so people are coming across the border in droves, and that's going to affect us in some way in the future. And I'm going to talk about a way in one of my predictions that it's going to, going to affect us. We have no idea who's actually here. So these are the ways that I think that uh, when I look back on 2023, at least I know where these people stand. At least they've come out and said, this is who we really are. This is what we're willing to do. And I think when we look at 2024, we have to consider what are, what are these people, these institutions uh, willing to do in order to get what they want in the future. And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. So the first prediction I have for 2024, and I, I made this prediction on June 2nd of 2023, and that was that Joe Biden will not be the nominee for the Democratic Party in 2024. I just don't see anyone who is excited about that. I don't think anyone really thinks that he has the capability to govern for another term. I think that there will be a replacement, and it gets very tricky about who that replacement is going to be, but I just don't see how Joe Biden is going to make it into the nomination uh, for uh, the Democrats for president. On August 2nd, I predicted that it would be uh, that it would be Gavin Newsom that would actually be the nominee. Now, here's the issue with that, and I'm not as sure about that as I once was, but here's the issue with that. In order for Gavin Newsom to be the nominee, they have to pass over Kamala Harris. Now, I think that they will do that. They will pass over Kamala Harris because I definitely don't think she has uh, the capability to run and win the presidency. And I think much to the chagrin of a lot of the uh, identity politics base of the Democratic Party, she will get passed over. And the only person I know that can actually step into this role and try to win the presidency and he would have a good shot at winning it, frankly, because he's a really good politician, is Gavin Newsom. And so I'm sticking to that prediction uh, that Gavin Newsom will ultimately be the Democratic nominee. My third prediction is, uh, is, is that Elon Musk will be indicted in 2024. There's this old saying from Soviet Union uh, find me the man and I'll find you the crime. I think the establishment did not realize uh, that Elon Musk was going to buy Twitter at the time. Twitter was essentially a censorship engine run by um, people within uh, the institutions, intelligence agencies of the United States. It was essentially... Um, they censored anything that was outside of the narrative... Uh, and they promoted things that were um, helpful to the narrative. And Elon Musk, much to their surprise, bought X. He didn't buy it to make a profit. He bought it because he cares about free speech. And, and I think they didn't foresee that at all. 
And so now they've got to disrupt it. And one of the ways they can disrupt it is they can indict Elon Musk. And they'll find something to indict him for. Uh, And they'll do that probably in the first half of 2024. Um, We'll see how it goes, but I think that's a legitimate and and already seeing uh, some of this happening. I think they'll find a way to indict him in 2024. So that's one of my predictions. Uh, a sad, sadly, I think another prediction is we'll have a, a ter- terrorist attack in 2024, and I think it'll be something like the October 7th attacks in Israel. The difference being that uh, the attackers will not have to paraglide into the United States because they are already here. Uh, we have no idea who's here, and that's by design. And I, I don't know all the details about why. The establishment wants all these people to come in here. I'm sure some of you have ideas about that. Uh, And there are many different theories about why they want to do that. But as a part of doing that, they have let people in here uh, that have backgrounds and that want to do harm to the country. And, And it would be crazy to think that they're not being organized to do that right now. So sadly, I'm making a prediction that there is going to be uh, a terrorist attack in 2024. And I think people are going to wonder why the intelligence agencies and the law enforcement agencies have been running around chasing Trump supporters when they should have been focused on who has gotten through the southern border. So that's another prediction of mine. Um, and then another uh, prediction is that I think there's going to be kind of a black swan event. And what I mean by black swan event is something new, something that we couldn't foresee. And I think it's going to have to do with it's going to have to do with uh, with a cyber attack, uh, some kind of cyber attack that knocks out power grids. Uh, and makes it almost impossible to run an election uh, without massive paper mail-in ballots and things like that. I just, if I, and I kind of feel this in my bones more than I've seen information on it. I know there are some people, there are some people in the World Economic Forum that have been talking about a massive cyber attack. Uh, So I didn't just, just generate the idea I've heard this idea, and usually there are some precursors to it that come out in different forums, and this is one of them that I think uh, that that will happen sometime maybe in early October, uh, and so people need to be ready for that because I just think that there is no way that the establishment is going to let Donald Trump get anywhere near the White House, and so... They're willing to do almost anything, uh, almost anything. I don't even know if it's almost anything. They, they're willing to do anything to stop that from happening. And so, and I'm not saying I like Trump or don't like Trump. I'm just saying what I think the situation looks like right now. And so I think there is going to be some kind of cyber attack that's going to knock out the grid. And, and it's also based on this idea that I have around the possibility of a Republican candidate winning specifically Trump, but it could be any Republican candidate winning. Um, The chance of any Republican nominee winning the White House is inversely proportional to the number of unsolicited ballots distributed in swing states. Uh, 
Again, the chance of a Republican winning the presidency is inversely proportional to the number of unsolicited ballots that are sent out in swing states. So my point there is, is that the more ballots that are just sent out, just indiscriminately sent out, um, the less chance the Republican is going to get elected. And I'm not saying it's cheating. I'm not saying it's not cheating. I'm just saying that I think that's a formula that if you look at it, makes sense to me in terms of who would get elected uh, as, as president of the United States. Uh, on a good note, for me anyway, uh, I think one of the good things about 2023 rolling into 2024 is woke is finally taking the beating that it deserves. Woke, wokeism is finally taking the beating that it deserves. Um, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, ESG, environmental, social governments is taking a beating and it's getting rolled back in multiple organizations. And part of that is because we've seen what this has produced. We've seen these Ivy League presidents up before Congress and we've seen firsthand what the results of this type of indoctrination and in education looks like. For me, I went to college in the 80s. You know, it was my professors were more liberal, but they always really worked on making sure that we had both sides or three sides or however many sides we could take looking at the issues. Some Somehow in the 90s and the 2000s, this all fell apart. And it, not only did they not teach the other side, they taught that you shouldn't even have to listen to the other side. And that's this is what we're producing now as um, leaders in our academic institutions and in our corporate institutions. And people are looking at that and saying, you know what, no more, no more of that. So I hope we continue to roll back wokeism. We continue to roll back some of these uh, destructive policies in our corporations, in our uh, public life, uh, and that we can get back to trying our best to drive equality of opportunity for everybody, for everybody. So this is what I had to talk about today. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Um, I think that uh, 2024 is going to be a tumultuous year to say the least. I think we're going to see some things that we've never seen before. I think that we should, you remember 9-11 when they were talking about 9-11 was a failure of imagination. It wasn't necessarily a failure of, um, of, of our intelligence apparatus, but it was a failure of us being able to imagine what could happen. And I think for 2024, we have to be able to uh, use our imagination to understand what could happen in 2024 and be as prepared as possible for it. And that means personally prepared for it uh, in, in, in your mind, in your body, and practically prepared for it with you know supplies, with things that you might want to uh, stock up on. Um, I'm not a big prepper or anything like that, but I am prepared for things that I'm not expecting, things that are outside of the narrative. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, I think you should really focus on your goals, focus on your independence, focus on what makes you happy, and drive towards a better 2024 this year. I know that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do more things that I love to do, uh, and I'm going to do more of this because I love doing this, and uh, I appreciate your feedback, 
and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.